and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Alright, a very good morning to you. If you are visiting with us, my name is Ramon and as Vanna said, we're just so delighted to have you here. It's a bit warm this morning, I'm steaming up. If you are visiting with us, it's a very good morning to to come and connect with us because uh, this morning we are kicking off a brand new series. Uh, Not just is it a series, but we are also landing this year's theme, the theme for the church for this year we are uh, communicating this morning. So that is really, really exciting. Now, to kind of get us into it, I can remember a, quite, a, quite a couple of years ago, I believe it was, uh, my wife and I were driving down the highway and uh, she was looking around, I wasn't, I was really focused on what I was doing. If you've ever driven with me, you'll know I'm very focused at what I'm doing, trying not to ride over people or things. And as I'm driving, my wife says to me, hey, check that sign out, and it was a huge billboard. She says, she says, look at that. And it was a bank that was running a campaign. And, um, and their slogan for their campaign was, what's your next? What's your next? And as she said the words to me, she, she read it out to me. She's like, check that out, man. What's your next? And as she read it to me, it really resonated inside of me. It really struck a chord in my heart. Uh, as, as I'm driving, you know, I was actually thinking, well, my next is to get past the granny who's hogging the fast lane. But on a more serious note, as I was sitting there, I thought to myself, man, what a great question. What a great question. What's your next? What's your next? And, and as I thought about it, I thought to myself, you know, great for a bank slogan, but in all honesty, this is something that each and every one of us should be asking ourselves. What's your next? And if I could maybe take it a, a step further and, and, and say, not just what's your next, but what's your next step? Because we can kind of have this goal as to what our next is, but it's going to take several steps before we get to that goal. So maybe we refine it a little more and just, and just start with, with very simply, what's your next step? Because the truth is, we all have a next step. Whether you're here this morning and it is your first time in church, you, this kind of baptism by fire for you this morning, uh, this is day one, or whether you have been here for 40 years sitting in church, regardless, we all have a next step. I have a next step. So, I wonder this morning, what's your next step? You've possibly laid out all sorts of goals for your life, uh, and if you have, I think it's a great idea. I think it's always a good idea to, to have certain goals that we've placed out, that, we, that we're moving towards, that we're working towards. Maybe you've got physical goals, maybe you've got intellectual goals, maybe you've got spiritual goals. Maybe in all of these different areas in your life, you have these goals that you've set out that you're really looking at toward and and going one day that's 
you know, that's, that's where I'd like to be one day. And it, it kind of leads us to a bit of a bigger question that goes, what's my life goal? At the end of my life, what do I want to be remembered as? Now, there's currently an ad on TV, and I don't know the ad all that well, so I'm about to butcher it. Um, but it's, it goes something along the lines of this guy sitting at his own funeral service. He's sitting at his own funeral service, and this guy gets up to, to do a eulogy. And as the guy speaks, say the guy's name is Bob. I don't know what his name was, but let's just say it was Bob. He says, Bob always gave the best stock tips. And the guy's sitting there and he looks at the camera and he's like, Bob gave the best stock tips. That's how I'm remembered? And I think it's such a great ad to kind of take stock of our own lives and go, man, one day when, when this part of, of the here and now is gone and I've crossed over into eternity. Like, when people look back on my life, what, what will they remember me as? What, what's your life goal? And if you'd like to know more about that, I really want to encourage you. Come back next week because we are going to dive headfirst into what are we moving toward. Because you see, life is not an event. Life is not an event. So often we treat life as an event. It's like we, we go from one big thing to another big thing and another big thing when life isn't an event, but it's actually a journey. And far too often, we live from event to event and we wish the time in between away and we miss out on so much life. We, we see this so often with parents and kids. When I... When we had our little guy, uh, it became quite evident to me. Parents kept telling me, man, don't wish the time away. Don't wish the time away. You wipe your eyes out and he's three. But we see this with parents and kids where so often I'll, I'll see, you know, the little guy or girl's just born and they all pop and slap like a slap chip, you know, and like this little thing just lies there. They don't really move. They don't, all they do is sleep, cry. Pee and poop. That's it. That's all they do. Now, if your slap chip does that, you should really get a refund. <laughs> but this little person just lies there, and that's all they pretty much do. And so often, when, when, when parents are like a couple of weeks or a couple of months into that process, they'll say something along the lines of, man, I can't wait until... They can just interact with me a little bit. And then they'll interact with the parents a little bit. And then they'll, they'll kind of reach the next stage, so to speak, and, and say, man, I, I can't wait until they can just say mama or dada. And then that happens and they're like, oh, I just can't wait until one can, can walk. Then they start walking and then you wish they just stay still. But, but it's always like, I just can't wait until. It's like we're, we just keep wishing for the next thing to happen. We see this in relationship. If you are single or, or if you aren't single anymore, you once were single. We're, we're in your single state. You may, you may be going, 
man, I just, I can't wait until I'm in a relationship. And I want to say this to all the singles, if you're in that space, it's probably one of the best spaces you could ever be. Don't wish it away and don't rush that space. Not because being with someone is terrible, it's fantastic. But here's the thing is so often we rush that process and wind up with the wrong person. So take your time, take your time there, wait. But we'll say, man, I can't wait until I'm in a relationship. Then we get into a relationship and then it's like, oh, I can't wait until I get engaged. And then you get engaged. Oh, I cannot wait until we get married. And then you get married. I can't wait until we have kids. And then you have kids. And here's the crazy part. Is that we, in life, we keep saying this thing of, man, I can't wait until. I can't wait for. But then... We spend our whole lives wishing time away, waiting and waiting and not doing anything. And we're just waiting for something to happen. It was the the Russian author Dostoevsky who said this. He said, the mystery of human existence lies not in just staying alive but in finding something worth living for. I wonder this morning, folks, have you found something worth living for? You see, we said earlier on that life is a journey. And the truth be told, life can be an absolutely horrible journey if we have nothing to live for. There was this moment in history where Israel had, had, had moved into Egypt and, and um, over a period of time, the Egyptians took Israel in and, 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 and ultimately turned them into slaves and started to oppress them. And uh, the Pharaoh of the time, he, he did his best to make sure that they knew that they were slaves and that they were oppressed. And um, at one point, the, the, the Hebrew people started multiplying at such a rate that when they wiped their eyes out, the Israelites were actually more, they were, they were, they were more in numbers than the, than the Egyptians. And this scared the life out of Pharaoh because he sat there and he started to realize, you know what, if these people rise up, like we're doomed. If they rise up and fight against us, there's so much more of them than us, we're in trouble. So what he did was he oppressed them even harder and drove them even harder, thinking I'll just work them to death. But the more stress he caused, the more relief or release they went home to go and find, and they just multiplied even more. And we see the the nation of Israel just boom. And Pharaoh gets completely freaked out to the point where he actually approaches the midwives of the Israelites and he says, he goes to them and he he says to them, whenever a, a Hebrew boy is born, kill him. Says that to a midwife. I don't think it was in her original job description. But here they are being told to kill little Hebrew boys as they are being born. But it tells us that these two midwives who were, who were told to do this, they were God-fearing women. And as the little boys would be born, they would, uh, they'd, they'd birth them, give them to their moms and send them on their way. 
And then Pharaoh started seeing, man, none of these boys are being killed. So he comes to the midwives and he says, what are you doing? Like, why, why are there so many boys being born? And they just said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They are vigorous. Like, they give birth so quick that by the time we get there, the kids are born. Then there's nothing we can do. So Pharaoh decides to take his private plan and make it a public plan. And he ends up setting out and, and, and he, he sets a decree that all Hebrew baby boys are to be killed, thrown into the Nile River. And so that's what started happening, is that the moment a Hebrew boy would be born, soldiers would come, remove the child, and, and throw the, the child into, the, the boy into the, the Nile River. And during this time, one of the most iconic figures in Scripture is born, a man by the name of Moses. And most of us would know the story of Moses. Some of us may not know the story of, of Moses. But ultimately, through a series of events, we just see that Moses' parents realize that if, if they don't do something, their son's going to be killed. And at about the age of around about three months, they decide to put Moses in a little basket, send him on down river, and ultimately Pharaoh's daughter finds this little basket. And again, through a series of events, we see Pharaoh's daughter adopt Moses as her own. And as she adopts Moses as her own, she appoints Moses' mother as his carer. So Moses grows up in the palace, but he also grows up in a Hebrew home. So we see that he has a strong connection, understanding who he is as a Hebrew, but yet he's also taught in, 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 in the um, Egyptian education way, all of those things. Thank you, Max. Ultimately, what happens is once Moses is grown up at about the age of 40, Moses sees one of the Egyptians mistreating a fellow Hebrew. And, and Moses is enraged and he, he, he goes and he kills the Egyptian. And Pharaoh finds out and ultimately Moses ends up being a fugitive on the run. And as Moses is a fugitive on the run, he, he, he runs to, to a foreign country and he goes and he becomes a shepherd and he starts looking after the sheep of someone else. And for 40 years, he spends herding sheep in a wilderness, sheep that aren't his. And then one day, while he's herding someone else's sheep in the wilderness, he comes across a, a bush that's on fire. But as this bush is on fire, the, the fire is not consuming it. The fire is not damaging the bush in any shape or form. So it catches his attention and he, he walks over to the bush and as he gets to the bush, God starts to speak to him. And in that moment, God, God starts to, to, to um, relay and, and, and starts to, to um, renew. He starts to renew his promise to the nation of Israel. He starts to renew his promise to Moses and he starts to, to, to reveal that promise to Moses in that moment. And while God is speaking to Moses from this period of, of, of herding other people's sheep in the wilderness to here in this moment, really finding God's purpose for his life. What an incredible moment that must have been. And right there, Moses finds reason to live. 
But in order to receive God's promise, something had to happen. In order to really take hold of God's promise for his life, Moses needed to take next steps. In fact, each time Moses took a step, God had next steps in place for Moses to take. Now, as we look at, at, at these steps that Moses had to take, what I find incredible is that Moses had to take steps out of certain things in order for him to take steps forward. It wasn't just a simple thing of, of taking a next step. For, for Moses' life, Moses first had to step out of his fear before he could go anywhere. You see, we, we see this account where, where Moses is busy talking to God at the, at the burning bush and, and, and God is asking Moses to free his people from slavery. And as he's telling him, he says, he says I need you to go and I need you to speak to Pharaoh. And as you speak to Pharaoh, you need to tell him, hey man, let my people go. And Moses is just sitting there the whole time. I don't know how much of that conversation he actually heard. I just think he heard speak to Pharaoh and he kind of shut down and he was just like, I'm the wrong guy for this job. I, I am scared to death of speaking publicly. I've got a bad stutter. I can't do this. You've got the wrong guy. But ultimately God leads Moses and Moses has to step out of his fear in order to take the next step that God had in store for him. Moses also had to step out of his guilt. You see, 40 years before that, he'd killed a man. And now as an old man in his 80s, I can only imagine how the guilt and the shame must have, must have hung on to him as he just sat apathetically in a wilderness looking after someone else's sheep. And, and Moses had to step out of his guilt. He had to step out of the hatred for the man who'd, who was mistreating his, his brother. He had to let that stuff go. He had to step out of his apathy. He had to step out of his shame. And he had to step into God's courage. He had to step into God's grace. He had to step into God's love. He had to step into God's passion and his purpose for Moses' life. I wonder this morning, folks, what's your next step? What's your next step? Maybe your next step looks something like what Moses had to go through. We had to step out of something in order to take his next step. Maybe, maybe your next step <laughs> scares the life out of you. You see, Moses had a moment like this where God kept prompting him to take these next steps. And as Moses thought that, that this is good now, you know, we've, the people are out of Egypt and we're now kind of heading in a direction, God kept having these next steps for Moses in his journey with God. And more often than not, these steps scared the nonsense out of Moses. 
And there came one of these moments where, where God had said to Moses, okay, it's time. It's time for us to move from where we are. It's time for us to move toward the promise that I have for my people. Now we know that Moses never actually got to fulfill that. But this was before all of that. This was still in, the, in this moment where, 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 where God is saying to Moses, I need you to take next steps. I need you to move now and take my people to their promise. And it's, it appears that this moment was so overwhelming for Moses because Moses says something to God and Moses responds to God in that moment. And I want to say this, I believe with all my heart that if you and I take and harness what, what Moses said to God next, if we take that for ourselves, that I believe that we will be able to take our next step, no matter how fearful we are, no matter what's going on in that moment, that we will be able to take that next step with courage, that we'll be able to take that next step with passion and with purpose. And here's what Moses said to God. He said, Exodus 33 verse 15, he says, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Lord, if you don't personally go with us, don't let us leave this place. How many times have you been in that space, folks, where, where you really sense like God is prompting your heart to move, where God is prompting you to take next steps, where God is prompting you for, for something new in life. And the moment just seems so overwhelming. And you may just be like, no, I can't. I can't do it. But I believe instead of us saying no and turning that thing and, and, and saying to God, Lord, if you don't go with me, what chance do I have of succeeding? So please go with me. And we see God respond to Moses and, and here I believe is where our breakthrough lies. Verse 17, it says this, the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. You see, folks, I believe that so often we can have such a warped view of who God is. That so often we look at God and we, we think of God as this angry old man who's just, he's just out to get us. That's all he's interested in. He's just out to get us. I have no idea why. But right now I've got this picture of, has anyone seen the movie Over the Hedge? Over the Hedge. All those little animals that are trying to break into the house to get to the food. Right, and then what do the homeowners association do? They bring in the that bug killer dude that yeah, and they set up all these gadgets and blah blah blah. So often, I believe that our view of God is that is that <laughs> that vermin eliminator removal guy. That so often we have this picture of God like he's just this old man who's just, he's out to get us. When the truth be told, here God communicates his heart to Moses, but he doesn't just communicate his heart to Moses. He communicates his heart to you and to me, where he says, when I look at you, I look favorably on you. I know you by name. 
that's God's heart for you. And you may be sitting here this morning as we're just talking about taking a next step. You may, be, you may have known for a while that you need to take a next step. In fact, you may even know exactly what that next step is. But, but fear or guilt or, or hatred or apathy or shame has ultimately held you back and stopped you from taking that next step. But today, I believe with all my heart that, that us, that we, I believe that today that you need to embrace the fact and the truth that God gives courage and God gives grace and God gives love and passion and purpose to all who need it. You may be fearful of taking that next step, but in that moment, I believe that when we call out to God, he gives us courage. He comes and meets us right where we are. So often we feel like in order for me to go to God, I've got to be some perfect specimen. No, God's not looking for perfect. God's looking for honest. And in that moment, when we're just honest with God, Lord, I'm so scared to do this. That in that moment, he comes and he gives us his courage. You, you may be feeling, Lord, I, I'm dealing with all this guilt. I'm dealing with all this shame. I'm, you know, all the stuff that I've done. I just don't know if I can step forward because I don't, I don't feel like I'm worthy to step forward. And right there in that moment, God just comes and says, I look favorably on you. I know your name. You are mine. And this morning, you may just be in a space where you just need to repeat the words of Moses, where you just say, Lord, please don't lead me up from this place unless your presence goes before me. Lord, un unless you go and, and, and unless you're going with me, but in the message paraphrase, Eugene Peterson alludes to the fact that it's not just that God's presence goes with us, but that God's presence is always before us. You see, God will never take you where he hasn't been. And more importantly, God will never take us where he will not sustain us. This morning, you may need to take next steps. I want to say this to you. Whatever step you need to take, God is already there waiting for you. This morning, if, if you're been following our memory truth over the last couple of months. Our, our memory truth for this week is Psalm 37 verse 23. And it just says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. If you're uncertain of what's next, if you're uncertain of, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Go to the one who knows what your next step is. Come to him and just say, Lord, what's my next step? Now, Lord, will you go with me? And as we bring this into a conclusion this morning, I wonder, folks, as we sit here, 
What's your next step? What's your next step? You see, we all have a next step. And this year, as a, as a theme for our church, our theme is next. Because we all have a next. But more importantly, we all have a next step. And this morning, I don't know where you are. Do you need to maybe, before you can take that next step, maybe, maybe your first step is to step out of something. Something that's been holding you back. Something that's been holding you down. There's something that's just been, been inhibiting you from really moving forward and really fulfilling God's purpose on your life. And this morning, I, I wanna say this. You see, Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years. Now, you may not have been in this space for 40 years. Maybe you have been. But in order for them to step out of the wilderness, they had to step through the Jordan River and they could then step into the promised land. This morning, this moment might just be your Jordan River. This morning might just be your moment where you have to take that step of faith, where you have to say, Lord, I'm choosing to let go of my fear. Lord, I'm, I'm choosing to let go of my hatred. Lord, I'm choosing to let go of my guilt. Lord, I'm, I'm choosing to let go of the things that are holding me back. And Lord, this morning with all my heart, I desire to step into the purpose and the promise that you have for my life. So Lord, this morning, I'm choosing to step out of these things, give them to you and allow you to show me what's my next step. You see, it was Paul who said it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. And I believe that there is freedom here this morning. For us to step into His courage, for us to step into His grace, for us to step into His passion, for us to step into His purposes for our lives. And if you, that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, I'd like to pray for you right now. I'm not gonna ask anyone to come up front, but what I am gonna ask is that you take that step this morning and that right there in your seat, that you just stand to your feet and just say, that's me this morning. This morning, there's stuff I've gotta step out of so that I can step into what God has for my life. If that's you this morning, would you just stand to your feet? Father God, I thank you that as men and women have stood all around this auditorium, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, bondage is not from you. Condemnation is not from you. But Father God, that 
your Holy Spirit comes and, and, and convicts our hearts, Lord, that your Holy Spirit comes and, and highlights these things in our lives that, that may be holding us back. And Father God, I thank you that freedom is found in Jesus. Lord, and that this morning we can really come, Lord, and just surrender our guilt, Lord, surrender our fears, Lord, surrender, surrender past shame that we may still be hanging on to, Lord. But Father God, that this morning we can really just come and surrender these things to you. This morning, if you're standing, you know exactly why you are standing. This morning, I really want to just encourage you that as you're standing there, you can do it in your internal voice or you can say it out loud. It's entirely up to you. But maybe this morning you just need to give that thing to God and just say, Lord, I'm sorry for hanging on to this. And then name the thing. Lord, I'm sorry for hanging on to this. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing this thing to keep me bound. Lord, this morning I give this to you. Father God, I thank you that as men and women have just released these things to you. Lord, that this isn't a moment of hype, Lord, but that this is a moment of just doing business with our Father who looks favorably on us and who knows us by name. Thank you for your love and I thank you that you come and bring freedom in men and women's lives right now, this morning, Lord, as they just let go of whatever they're holding on to and just give it to you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Now this morning, as we've been talking about next steps, you, you may be in a place where you're thinking, that's great, you know, but if I'm honest, my, my next steps might be a little more practical. You know, I feel like I dealt with those stuff down the, somewhere along the line, and I'm, I, I really do feel like, like there's a next step to take. Or this morning, you dealt with it, and you're feeling, okay, let's get practical. I need to take a next step. What does that look like? Well, this morning, your next step, you may be sitting here and, and you may be thinking to yourself, I've never really engaged in a journey with Jesus. You know, I've heard about Jesus. I've, I've maybe come into contact with, with people who say they love Him and follow Him. I'm not 100% sure how all that works, but you know, I, I really just, all I know is that I need to start a journey with Jesus. And maybe that's your first step. Maybe that's your next step this morning is to just say, I need a journey with Jesus. Maybe your next step is, is literally, I just need to show up next week. You know, I, I recognize that I need growth in my life. I recognize that, that God has far more in store for this life than what I've been living up until now. And, and, and as I'm listening to this this morning, I just realize I need more of this. And your next step may just be just showing up next week. Your next step may be that you've been showing up week after week after week after week, but you've never really committed to the family of God. You've never really got your teeth into the family of God that, that He's placed you in, this local family. 
And maybe your next step is to commit to the family. Maybe your next step is that you need to hook up to a volunteer team and come and serve. You see, Jesus said, the Son of Man has not come to be served, but He came to serve and to lay down His life for many. And as followers of Christ, as we follow in His example, we come and we serve each other within a family. And maybe your next step is to just get stuck into a volunteer group and serve your family. Now we've tried to uncomplicate it for you this morning and not have 20 different volunteer spaces for you to get plugged into. We've kept it simple. We've whittled it down to to just a handful. But this morning we've got, you can go over to the the info uh, desk and they'll be able to hook you up into a volunteer group. But this morning we've got space in in hospitality. We've got space in, in our cafe setup. We've got space in our multimedia and then we've got space in our venue setup, coming in and getting the space prepared before Sunday morning, well, on a Sunday morning or breaking it down on a Sunday morning after we've, we've broken up. But to just come and, and plug in and get involved in the life of this family. Maybe you've been involved in a volunteer group but your next step may look a bit different. Maybe, maybe your next step is that you need to get into a life group. Now you may not have, in this church at least, heard the word life group. It's because it's something that we're busy rolling out at the moment. You might have heard home cell or discipleship group or ladies group or some other group. We're essentially taking all of our groups and bringing it under one blanket just called life groups. Why do we call them life groups? Because in these groups, we do life together. And I believe that our goal and our aim and our heart is to do life together God's way. And maybe you need to get into a life group to come and do life again with family. So every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, right here at church, seven o'clock, we're gonna be running life groups. We are gonna be running life groups out of, um, out of the church in different areas. Uh, you're welcome to go and, and connect with the info desk again to find out where those are. But if all else fails, if we don't have a group in your area, Wednesday night, seven o'clock, right here at church, come do life with us. Now, while I was talking, an arrow came up. You will see on your seat or the seat next to you, there are these little cards And on the back of the card, it says one of two things. It has a long line and then it says, is taking the next step. The next card says, my next step is. If you're taking your next step this morning, if you're taking your next step this morning, this card with the empty space is taking their next step. You write your name on there. Then you head on over to this arrow, if you can see me, and you come and you clip your card as a public declaration to say, hey, I'm taking my next step. You clip your card on there. Why do we do that? I believe it's an encouragement to see, hey, I'm not in this alone. I've got brothers, I've got sisters, I've got a community taking next steps with me. That's why we do that. 
then on this card, my next step is, you go and you fill that out. Maybe you know exactly, as you're sitting in your seat this morning, you know what your next step is. Then fill it out. Maybe you have no clue. And it's a conversation that you're busy having with God. Then keep having that conversation. And today, tonight, tomorrow, as you're just engaging with God and, and you recognize what your next step is, fill it in here. Write it down. Write it down so you can see it, so that it's a constant reminder. Hey, this is my next step. This is the step that God is asking me to personally take. Write it down on there, and it's a business card size, so it fits very nicely into your wallet. So that each time you're pulling out a credit card or cash or whatever the case may be, you see this little card. It's just a reminder to know that, hey, I'm on a journey with Jesus. God's doing a work in my life. There are next steps that I'm needing to take. And this is the next step that I'm busy taking with God. Folks, we do these things to try and make life and and this journey with Jesus practical for you and for me. And I want to say this, I'm, I'm so looking forward to see where we as a church grow to this year. You as individuals, just how God explodes in your life. As you respond to His next steps for your life. I'm looking forward to where we as a community grow to this year together to see what God wants to do in us and through us as a church, as a family, as a body. But I really want to encourage you. Take the time. Connect with God's heart for your life. Say, Lord, I know you want to take me somewhere. Where do you want to take me? And Lord, I know that just as you said to Moses, that you will go with me all the way. I know that you are with me, even in my next step. Father God, this morning, I just pray over your people, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you wanna do in this family, in this community, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you wanna do in each and every individual life sitting here this morning, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your plans. I thank you for your purpose, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the passionate heart that you have toward us, Father. Lord, I thank you that we can come and surrender these lives to you, Lord. That I can surrender my life, that each of us can surrender our lives to you daily, Lord. Just saying, Lord, what do you have for me this morning? Lord, what do you have for me to do this morning, Lord? What's this next step, Lord? How can I love you more? How can I love you in new ways, Lord? How can this life grow into who you have called me to be? And Father God, I thank you that you're faithful, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you order our steps, Father. That you lead us, that you guide us, that you direct us, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, and I'm excited to see what you're gonna do as we surrender our every step to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.